Welcome. You're listening to episode one of Joanne the Life Coach's recap of This Is Us. This is the premiere episode. I am Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. And when I first saw people talking about this TV series, I got pulled in right away. So I'm really excited to do this, bring it to you. This episode, I am podcasting on a little after the fact. So we will try to keep our comments within the context of just this episode so we don't reveal anything from afterwards. Today, I'm really excited because I am being joined with guest co-host from Sister Speak Podcast Network. Sister Kay is here to podcast this episode with me. Welcome, Sister Kay. Thank you, Joanne. I'm so excited. Excited to be here. Me too. And for those who are not familiar with the Sister Speak Network, Sister Speak Network has been podcasting for quite some time. They've expanded their podcast reach. They cover The Walking Dead. They cover Game of Thrones. They cover Big Brother. Yes. Uh, what else, Sister Kay? You've been doing brown sugar. Is that? Uh, queen sugar. Queen sugar. Queen sugar. <laughs> that oh, would I know. be Bear cute if it was brown sugar. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just started Queen Sugar. This is the first season of that. And we also do an advice uh, podcast called Ask the Sisters. We do a lot. Yeah. We're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's always fun. So I would recommend, y'all, if you're watching any of these shows, go to, even if you don't watch them, go check out the Sister Listen Speak to podcast. The <laughs> That's S-I-S-T-A-H Speak podcast. Yes. You'll find them. You'll find them. So this premiere episode, as I was saying, Sister Kay, I didn't watch it the night that it first aired. But I sure saw the audience reaction come up on Facebook and Twitter and everybody was like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, OK, OK, I'm going to have to tune into this one. And so I got myself set up and watched the premiere and halfway into it, I was just I was enthralled. Because I am a life coach. And I was like, I want to life coach all these people. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They need it. I need these people need me. Yes, they do. (laughs) So funny. But wow, what a premiere. And I'm with you. I originally was looking at this thinking, ugh. It's going to be sappy. It's going to be like parenthood or something like that. And I just had this preconceived notion of what I thought it was going to be. And I was totally, totally wrong. Totally wrong. And so I I didn't watch it either when it premiered. I taped it, though. I thought, I'm going to give it one episode since, you know, it's one of the most buzzed about new shows. And I'm so glad that I did because it is way different than I thought. I got caught up within like the first 15 minutes wanting to understand, okay, how are all these people related? What's, you know, how is this? How are they all touching each other? What is the point? Yeah. 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 And I just fell in love with it right away. Right. That premiere was really back and forth. I mean, it opens up and we meet like four different characters with different stories, but they are all having their 36th birthday. 
Yes. That's like the thread in common. And before it opens, it even has an intro. It's like white typing on a black screen that says, this is a fact. According to Wikipedia, the average human being shares his or her birthday with over 18 million other human beings. There's no evidence that sharing the same birthday creates any type of behavioral link between those people. If there is, Wikipedia hasn't discovered it yet for us. <laughs> and then we go into the show, um, which I, I want to recap the show with you. We may jump back and forth a lot because the episode really did a lot of cuts back and forth. It would be like getting little glimpses into these people's lives. And God, the transitions were so good. They were. They did with this. I loved it. The way they so, filmed it. Yeah. As we recap, we might mush together a little bit of one character's story instead of also trying to keep all of that back and forth because it's like cut, 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 yes. cut. Can um, we start with the best shot of the episode, which was Milo Ventimiglia's butt? I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there, Sister K. Yep, because you know? he is adorned in nothing but a terrible towel. The Steelers terrible towel. Apparently, he's a big Steelers fan. And that towel was teeny tiny. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those little terrible towels that they swing around their heads at the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And his wife is Mandy Moore. Who I'm not as familiar with Mandy Moore as others. She was in, um, what was it, Princess Diaries. And someone mentioned a movie, A Walk to Remember. Yes, yes. I remember her more as a singer. She used to sing, you know, you know she was out in the music world. Yeah. So that's why I remember her more, not as much yeah. for her acting. But she's awesome. She's awesome. I may have to, I don't know how I missed A Walk to Remember. It sounds like a fantastic movie. I'm going to go back and watch it now. Anyway, it opens with the two of them, obviously a couple. She is really pregnant. Really? <laughs> really pregnant. Apparently carrying triplets, we find out later. But it's Jack's 36th birthday. And apparently this is their little married tradition for his <laughs> birthday of he gets this little sexy birthday dance and a good time. Well, she is extremely pregnant and she comes in with the lacy bra on top of her clothes. That was <laughs> cute. It was really That was cute. very cute. She's like, look, I just had to put I it on top. It. <laughs> I love And the it. bra was all up on her neck because she couldn't, you know, fit it anywhere else. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. So at first she says she's going to spare him the dance for this year. But he ex he insists. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's my birthday. So, um, yeah, she starts dancing, showing him her big baby belly. <laughs> Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Also, at the opening, they show... A box of family photos sitting there from 1975 to 79. Yes. 
Um, now I didn't connect it with the time frame though. Initially, I didn't connect the time frame till the end of this whole thing. Exactly. Me too. And we had clues. When you watch it again, you you go, yeah. how did we not see it? I know. And how did we not put it together? Because they're talking about they're talking about triplets. They're and we see three people along with I them. Know. And you're like, duh. Yeah. How do we not you see this? You don't get it. You don't get yeah. it till the end. Which anyway, is really she's very doing, clever. She's doing the birthday dance. And then we cut to seeing a girl birthday cake in a refrigerator with post-its on it. <laughs> and all the food in the refrigerator has post-it notes on it. Mm-hmm. This is where we meet Kate. Mm-hmm. Kate is also turning 36 years old. And she's Got all these notes. Now, at first, I have to be honest, Sister Kay, because the notes say things like, throw this crap out. Don't dare eat this cake before your party. Mm-hmm. 150 calories per spoonful. And I looked at that and I went, now, is this for real? Okay. I mean, I, I've dealt with weight issues <laughs> my whole life Me up too. and down. Okay. And I think the only time I did anything close to that was when I was doing Weight Watchers. I got a black marker and I wrote the number of points per serving on boxes and things in my pantry mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to look them up every time I used them. Like every time I grabbed the box <laughs> of oatmeal, I saw how many points it was per serving. But these notes in her refrigerator, would you have ever done that? No. Yeah, and so this was one of the things that I was wondering how they would handle in the previews for the series of course we saw Kate you know and they always showed the scene where she's saying tell me to lose the weight so you know she's struggling with weight and I said okay I want to see how they're going to handle this because not all fat people eat all day long and constantly and they don't eat a whole box cookies at once not all of them do I yeah. am a fat person and I don't sit and eat a whole carton of ice cream or a whole box of cookies. And so right. when they show scenes like that and I'm just like, really, this is this is what people think fat people lit like this is how you, you think that they go to a drive through and order 10 hamburgers and eat them all. No, that is not how it works. So I, I was know. really I interested know. in how this and this scene annoyed me a little bit. Because she had ho-hos and she had snack cakes and then this big-ass cake. And then she had a post-it note that said, don't eat until your party. She tore the post-it note up like she's going to eat it and it says, no, really don't. Like she was, I'm like, really? See, that was my initial fear watching this was, it was like, are they going to totally stereotype this character? I mean, and I'm so glad you saw that too, because I've, from what I've seen, the fallout from this series is, of course, everybody loves Kate and she's a very lovable character. She is. I like her Uh, too. But at the same time, I'm like, my little red flags are up. Like, do not stereotype this girl because it's going to piss me off. I know. She is initially a little stereotyped as um, the very overweight girl who develops this like really sharp wit and sarcasm mm-hmm. um, as a kind of co- cover up on her personality. I mean, I see this a lot 
with overweight women they, that, that they are very outgoing. They have this sharp wit. They develop all these skills because they're compensating, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but then on a rewatch of this, I started to question if she was the one that wrote all those post-it notes or did somebody bring her that birthday cake, put it in the fridge and start writing post-it notes? Oh, that's interesting. Which that made it a whole different thing. Like if somebody else brought it and left these notes on the cake, like don't eat this before your party. But then looking at it again, it's like, no, really clearly that's intended to be like she wrote these notes to herself. I think that's I think you're right, because I don't think at least from what I've seen in this episode. And of course, we've seen others and I want to go there, but. No one else in her life is pressuring her like she's pressuring herself. Right. And even when, don't want to skip it, but even later when her brother comes over, he never talks about the weight. She's the one who's bringing it up all the time. And even when she tells him to tell her something about it, he doesn't ever do it. So it's like she's the only one really having a problem with it. Of course, she's living it. You know, yeah, but her, the people it. around her aren't really caring. They she's care about it. her. It'd be honest, looking at her in this, it looks like she's really obese. She's like mm, over 300 pounds. Yes, she is. She's a you large, know, just, large woman. Just looking at it, it's like this isn't a little obesity. No. Uh, jumping ahead a little bit because we do jump scenes back and forth. But we come back to her scene after cutting away where she's getting ready to step on the scale. Now, this was funny to me. <laughs> this was perfect. What yes, was so it was. perfect about this was, yes, I, I weigh naked. The only one I ever saw weigh in their clothes was my husband because he had never had a weight issue in his life. So he would get on the scale. He would get on the scale with his shoes on. Oh, no. I mean, like, now, I apologize <laughs> to any naturally thin people listening to this that do that. But if you've dealt with weight issues your whole life, man, you get down to buff yes. before you weigh on the scale. And the last thing they show is her taking off her earrings. That was funny. That like so hit home because I used to do Weight Watchers and you had to weigh in at Weight Watchers when you go there. And all my jewelry, I started doing it in the car before I even walked in. Really? It's a little embarrassing to be like shedding jewelry as I waited in line for the scale, right? I would take off my necklace, my earrings. Well, when my big weight loss with Weight Watchers was back, the dating myself now, back in the 1980s. So I was wearing some giant earrings. Oh, big chunky. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and chunky necklaces and that stuff all came off before I got on the scale. How funny. See, and I would just try to wear what I wore. You know, I wouldn't take off earrings or neck. I don't really wear necklaces much, but I wouldn't take off anything except my shoes. Yeah. Because I was thinking, well, you know... If I wore all this the first day, I'm going to keep wearing all, you know, right. to try to balance right. it out. But right. So you never hit the level of obsession that I did. No. <laughs> and I I never was one of the ones that looked at the scale every day. Like some people would go and weigh every day and every night. Yeah. And I was like, no, because if you do that, it's, you're not going to see anything that quick. 
first of all, and it drives you right. crazy. It'll drive, right. it'll make you crazy looking at that scale. Well, it does. It goes up and down. Mm-hmm. But you would be shocked to know that for my weight loss clients that I coach, I'm also a weight loss coach certified. Um, I tell them I want them to weigh every day. Really? And yeah. And the reason for that is two things. One is you begin to understand it's just a number on the scale. Mm. You know, you have to kind of get over that because also your body goes through cycles where sometimes you're going to weigh a couple pounds more than other times. Mm-hmm. And it's only a matter of that whatever cycle your body is in. Right. Right. Especially women. And the other thing is that... Um, I deal with their thoughts a lot because I think losing weight it happens in your mind mm-hmm. more than it happens in the kitchen. And I tell them every time you get on the scale, it's going to bring up all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So write down whatever that number is making you think. And, you know, that's like gold. That's good. You get good. to work on it. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. good, Joanne. But anyway, Kate, Kate goes to get on the scale and, oh, my God, Sister Kate, I have done this. I have flipped that damn scale because I've been afraid to put my whole foot on it. Right? (laughs) So you like tiptoe on it and then flip it and fall and stuff? Yeah, well, if you see, she like just wants to put her feet only like right on the edge. She doesn't step all the way on the scale. And if you step on the edge of a scale, it's going to tilt up. Yes, it will. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And Kate goes down. She goes down hard. I mean, (laughs) damn. That was funny. Kate goes down. Um, God, poor Kate. Anyway. Yeah. We jump from Kate to Randall. 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 Um, Beautiful man. She sure is. He sure is. Beautiful. Now, um, and he got an Emmy, didn't he, in People versus OJ? Yes. Yes, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this isn't a lightweight actor. No Clearly, lightweight. Randall is some sort of important businessman. Yes. He's in his office, and Randall is also turning 36 years old. Oh, that's what the connection with all these people they all are having their 36th birthday, birthday. right? Mm-hmm. So his co-workers come in to this really up, upscale office that he has, um, carrying a birthday cake, singing to him. That Yeah, that was really neat. That was really neat. I know, I know. I'm like flipping through my notes on Randall because I can't remember. Was there anything else even as a part of that scene? I mean, I think it was such a quick take in that scene that it was just people singing his birthday it was but you noticed that he got an email and right when he was about to open it is when they came in and he kind of like looked guilty for a second so you were like huh what what was it about that but then he kind of you know he went into the birthday song and he looked happy but as soon as it was over he went back to the email and you could say and it said found him and had an address and a picture. That's right. That's right. I was trying to remember that. It was like, because I think they cut away right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, let's kind of mush it together because we do also then go from him with that email to being with his wife. Yes. 
where their two young daughters are playing soccer. This was cute. This oh, was adorable. So this cute. Was adorable. I loved them because one daughter is like out there killing it. And the other one is like sitting down the middle of the field doing French braids on somebody. <laughs> so First of all, the two girls they got for this are adorable. And that little baby one. Oh, my goodness. You just want to squeeze her up. Oh, She's yeah. So adorable. But yes, that was so funny. And then the other daughter's just like knocking people down. She's running over kids, making them cry. <laughs> so right, cute. Right. Yeah. And the parents are like switching sides. Like one is watching one girl's game. The other is watching the other girl's game. So they're kind of back to back talking and then switching back and forth as they're watching them play. Yes. And I... I really like that. It just showed that obviously he took off work to go watch the game. Mm -hmm. And um, then as they're watching the game, he's telling the wife and just the way he was telling her that, you know, about finding this person that he found, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was just and he was really noncommittal about it. It's like, well, you know. Yeah, he but was really he was really holding back still. He was. I mean, he he was kind of excited, but he was trying not to be excited. And yeah. the way she was looking at him, and he's like, and when he said, "You're going to see a charge on the Amex. I paid for it, not with the company Amex, but with the personal one. You're going to see the charge. I just want right. you to know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of cute the way he said so, that. Yeah. yeah, and we just had kind of that brief interchange, and then we jump to the fourth birthday in the series, who is Kevin. And Kevin is with a couple of ladies. Another beautiful man. Another beautiful man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. He was on The Young and the Restless. Not that I watched that show, but I checked who he was. Oh. Because to be honest, I didn't I didn't recognize all these people immediately. No, I didn't the either. actors. I'm really mm-hmm. bad about connecting actors to what they've done. Sterling was but, the only one I'd seen before besides yeah. um the doctor and Milo and Mandy Moore. I knew them, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, Kevin is with a couple of chicks. Now, I don't know if he arranged (laughs) these two girls for himself or if he bought these two girls for himself. Um, I think they're groupies because it's obviously a party at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's in the bed. His 36th birthday. He's saying it's his birthday. Mm -hmm. But here the girls are putting on this little girl show. And he's like having this crisis where he starts (laughs) talking about having seen the Challenger explosion as a kid. That was too. That was a good scene. It was. It was because you see how distracted and into himself he is. He is so into himself that these girls are being very seductive and he's like totally focused on what's going on in his head. Right. Because he's obviously it's like, okay, the girls aren't enough. I just I'm trying to be introspective and they're trying to be little, you know, groupies because he's famous, apparently, because at the point we really don't know. But apparently he's got money, he's famous, and they're trying to kind of get in where they can. He's like, yeah, but I'm 36, and I don't know where my life is going, and I think it all changed for me in 1987, or whatever year that was. Yeah. And I thought that was was a good scene. That was a good way to kind of show he wasn't really, he was really having a conflict. 
Right. And he was talking about the Challenger explosion when he was a kid and saying maybe that's when I realized trying to change the world just ends up to being blown up in little bits, Mm -hmm. which is really a nihilistic view of the world. Yes. And he says, maybe that's how I ended up as the Manny. And that's how you kind of discover his TV character Character. and show. Yes. With the Manny apparently being a male nanny sitcom. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And they keep showing the, the, the TV poster, you know, uh, so you can kind of see him in the poster. And obviously it's like something really kind of silly. Right. So he's clearly turning 36 is he's having a midlife crisis, like before midlife. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Or a career crisis anyway, you know, and saying, what's life all about? If you really try to change things, you're just going to blow up into a thousand pieces. Then that's when we shift back to Kate after falling off of the scale. Yes. And calls her brother, who turns out to be Kevin, the Manny. Yes. That was a good twist. And that's when we discover that they're brother and sister. So true. Because now she's on the bathroom floor. Her ankle is all swollen and turning black and blue um, from having twisted it, fallen off the scale. <laughs> and um, But then I thought it was really interesting because they, when he gets there, she's having the same kind of a crisis with herself. We're 36. We're in our late 30s. We're there. Yeah. She says we are deep in the threes. <laughs> Cute. I loved that deep in the threes. So she's it's it's funny she's having the same kind of thoughts he is. Like yeah. where is their life going? They're not where they thought they were going to be. He says, "Yeah, but that Challenger." She's like, "You got to stop with the Challenger explosion." <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> stop with that. What I what really hit home with me, and this made her real as a character mm-hmm. to me because all the rest up to now just seemed so stereotyped to me for Kate. Yeah. But she talks about how much she wants a real career. She says a real career. I don't even know what Kate does at this point, a real career. She wants a husband. She wants children, Yeah. but her weight has just stymied her. And she said, like I ate my dream life away. Mm. And I went, Oh wow. That was deep. Wow. Yeah, ate my dream life away. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good, that did make her more of a real person. It did. And not a caricature. And he's like freaking out because now he wants to help her. Like she's the one that can pull him out of his head long enough to think about somebody else. Yes. (laughs) It seems to me because he's like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do to help you. And she says, tell me to get a handle on this. Tell me this. Tell me I'm going to lose the damn weight. Yes. And he repeats the first two things. And then he said, what was that third thing? And she said, I'm going to lose the the damn weight. And he said, oh, Mm. what was that again? Repeat that again. (laughs) I'm going to lose the damn weight. And then she said, you're pretty smart. You're smarter than you look. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because she knows he knew what the third thing was. He just wanted her to keep saying it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was a sweet, sweet scene. It really was. And you you begin to understand how close they are as brother and sister. Yes. And yes. the fact that they're both turning 36, all of a sudden I went, they're twins? They're twins? Because he is... I mean, they're clearly not identical twins. Oh, no. He's fair-haired. She's dark-haired. He's, like, gorgeous, has this awesome body, and she's the one that is so extremely obese. It's like, wow, what a contrast between the two of them. Mm -hmm. How did two twins grow up together and be so vastly different? Oh, all the time. I think even identical twins are. Yeah, very, very different. But since they're fraternal, it's a lot easier to show that difference because they're different sex and they don't look the same. Yeah. But I just but I love the fact that even though they are different, they are so in tune and connected with each other, which you see later in the season. But even on this episode, you can see it when he comes over and she says, you're the only good thing that's in that I have in my whole yeah. entire life. He's like, yeah, but I'm not that great. She's like, yeah, I know, but still, that's what makes it so sad. <laughs> she said, yeah, that's part of the problem. <laughs> like and he yeah, just kept, he just kept rolling with it. Like, okay, yeah, this is our, this is the way we do. And he came, I mean, he, she called, he came right over. He came over immediately. He, he left two girls that were like rubbing all over him. Yeah. He didn't want those girls. He, he had to get to his sister. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So how cool is that? Very cool. And I think later in the episode two, it shows more of the closeness. And that's the part I think that really sold me on it, on how I love, I've said this before in our podcast too, I love shows that have, that show the personal connections with people. And when they give the the characters time to actually talk and show their closeness or show how they're connected, I love that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. After this scene, we cut back to the hospital with Jack and Rebecca. Now, I think I forgot to mention when she was doing the birthday dance for him, and then they were on the bed together, and there was all this music in the background. It's one of my favorite things. There's all this sexy music in the background, and all of a sudden she says, my water broke, and like the music stops immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Hold the phone. My my water broke. So we go back and now we see Jack and Rebecca are at the hospital and um, she finds out that her OBGYN doctor that she's been working with throughout this whole pregnancy with triplets, um, his appendix, yeah, his appendix burst and he was taken into surgery. So now here's this totally different doctor that's like 73 years old. Gerald McRaney. I love him. I, you know, I recognized him right away. And it was like, I don't know what I've seen him in, but boy, do I know this character actor. He's been in a ton of things. Yeah. I looked back. He was even in Gunsmoke. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 going back some. He's like um, (laughs) the 1970s. He did uh, Barnaby Jones. He did the Rockford Files. I I think. Yes, I do remember the Rockford Files. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So he he goes back a ways. He goes goes back. back So they're greeted by the doctor. You know, Jack looks 
Jack is like a little scruffy, his character. He's got, got longer hair and a beard. He probably just pulled those clothes on to get to the hospital <laughs> after water broke because all he was wearing was the terrible towel, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the doctor reassures them that he's aware of their situation and the complications of the positioning of the babies. Um, I really love the way he played this character, or the way this character was written, because yes. this actor was like, he was a bit caustic, but he was really humorous, too. I really, really like this character. Yeah. Because he came in all unassuming, oh, hey, how you doing? Let me check your breathing and your heartbeat. And, oh, yeah, by the way, stay calm, but your doctor's not coming in. And when she starts right. freaking out, he's like, hey, 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 listen, I have been doing this for a lot of years. I'm 73, which I was like, damn, that's kind of old. He said, the only thing wrong with me is I can't run as fast as I used to. Other than that, I am the best of the best. You are in good hands. Right. And I like that he took the time. I think that was part of the point, too. That was one another hint. Yeah. Um, that they about the ending. I don't want to go there yet. Yeah, it was another it, hint yeah. was because it? of the, I, I don't know. I feel like it was because do you think, I mean, I don't know. It, it Nowadays, do you feel like that kind of a doctor, like someone would come in and spend that time reassuring the patient? I think so, but I think. this yeah, is a little I, I different. I get what you're saying because he like took so much time with them mm -hmm. and told her, I swear to you on the lives of my children and my grandchildren, I'm up to the task. Yes. And I don't know that a doctor would do that today because of all the legal ramifications of promising something like that. That's true. That's true. Um, although he wasn't totally promising because he starts trying to discuss the possible complications mm -hmm. and Jack is like no 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 this is my birthday we are going to leave this hospital with three healthy babies and a healthy mom mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how it's going to be and he wants to make sure that the doctor is buying into this as well yes it's my birthday and nothing bad happens on my birthday so that's we're not right. talking about anything bad happening on my birthday he says, only good things happen today. Mm -hmm. Only good things happen today. Oh, and he mentions, <laughs> we have um, three cribs in a new house specifically bought for our three children. My mother has already knit three onesies. And we see these awful onesies later. We'll see these awful onesies. I think that so. was another clue because I was like, who knits onesies? <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Probably Booties, true. blankets, maybe. I don't think I questioned that, but, you know, maybe it's because I'm older and I still think of knitted onesies. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I think from there, I'm not sure if we go back to the set of the Manny or if we go back to Randall. Let's take Randall first, because Randall does go to see his dad. Yes. His biological dad. He does. He shows up and he's like really indignant about the whole thing. He right? is. Yes, he it's is. Like he's clearly there to prove a point. Yes. Not to his dad, but really I think for himself. Because he talks about, you know, you left me at a fire station. And I was raised by two incredible parents. Look at this car I have. I bought it with cash. I turned out 
really good. I don't need anything from you. That was his whole attitude. Yes. Yeah. And I really, first of all, when he said how much the car was, I was like, really? You wasted that much money on a car <laughs> that's just going to get dinged up and scratched? And then I had to let that go. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I liked how he, you know, he was like, I have to get all this off my chest. I came here to tell you this. And I really, I like the little pieces of humor they put into Sprinkle throughout the ep- this, this ep- the show as a whole, actually. Because then after he gets done, he's just standing there like, I want to leave, but I'm not going to leave until I hear what he has to say. And then William says, you want to come in? Sure, yeah. And he just walks away. <laughs> no, he's like, I do, okay. yes. <laughs> like all the mad just goes, okay, yeah, I'll come in. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, And William, who is his biological father, and he looks now really down on his luck. Yeah. I mean, this is this is kind of a nasty little apartment. He's not dressed really great. And, you know, he doesn't try to make any excuses. He says he doesn't even remember really his actions on the day that Randall was born. Um, He remembers his mom dying, but he doesn't remember leaving him. At mm-hmm. the fire station. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I, I think- do like fire stations. So that sounds like something I might do. Yeah. Yeah. And that seemed to kind of like blow all of the wind out of Randall's sails. Like he was really wanting to have this argument. Right. And yeah, he was geared up for this. Mm-hmm. He was really geared up for this. But then all of a sudden, like his he's hearing his dad's side of the story a little bit. And saying, you know, I'd apologize. That was kind of a messed up point in my life. And then he tells him that he's sick. That was actually a little later, um, the sick one. But he's telling him, you know, you seem like you just want to tell me off and leave. So just go ahead and do that. Because he's not really rising to the challenge that Randall wants him to rise to. Like explaining himself and making excuses and apologizing. And so he's kind of like, huh, what do I do? And he says, well, if you want to, just tell me off and tell me to go to hell and leave. You know, if that's what you want to do. And so he does and he walks out. And then you hear him come back. And he stands in the doorway and he says, you want to go meet your grandkids? grandchildren <laughs> I, know, I know again it was that real turnabout play where he slams out and then immediately comes back in and says you want to meet your grandchildren <laughs> and and it was also so. kind of cute because then William who was kind of looking sad and not really responding he kind of lit up a little bit and smiled and was like yeah yeah I thought yeah. that was interesting yeah. too like so he was kind of trying to Play like he didn't really care, but he really did. Yeah. And I think all this back and forth with Randall is just showing us how totally conflicted he is feeling about this whole thing of mm-hmm. meeting his biological dad. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you get the, the, the quick takes, like his rant, and then his father saying, do you want to come in? And he says, okay, immediately. And slamming out and then walking right back in and saying, you want to meet your grandchildren? Mm-hmm. He, he's totally conflicted. He wants to yell at this man. And he does want to yell and just storm out and prove his point. But there's another part of him that really wants to connect with him. Yes. And that's what makes it so good. Yeah. Yeah. Then we hit, at some point, the set of the Manny. 
this was a mess. I was like, oh, what is going on here? Well, one of the first things they show is the playpen with three identical babies, mm-hmm. which I take it this is the staff to play the baby role mm-hmm. in this comedy. You know, when there's babies in a series, they have a whole bunch of them. It's not like one baby that you're seeing in the scene the whole time because babies get tired and cranky. Oh, yes. And so if one baby starts fussing, then they've got another baby that looks like that baby that they can <laughs> hand into the scene. Poor baby. Now, I think I learned this watching The Walking Dead with Judith. I think they're baby Judith oh. in The Walking Dead. I think there's already been like 18 babies that play Judith. Yeah, and they're not the same. They don't look alike either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. The I poor know. babies, they grow up before they move the, the storyline forward. Yeah, yeah. So we see a playpen with all these identical babies laying in there. Um, so clearly the, the show of the Manny is about taking care of the ba- of a baby. And it opens with him trying to, like, fake breastfeed this Ugh. baby. Like, oh, would you be happier if I breastfeed you? And there, there he is, Kevin, with his shirt off, looking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see that he's, he is having trouble accepting the shallowness of this character. He is. And he even he even questions the producer, I'm guessing, is what the one guy's, or the writer. Right. But why, you know, is he supposed to be mentally challenged? Because this, who would think that he could, a grown man could breastfeed a baby? Right. And they're like, right. look, just do the role as it's written and we keep on moving and he's really having a problem with it they threatened to replace him with ryan gosling (laughs) (laughs) who is also pretty great with his shirt off yes okay (laughs) yeah ryan reynolds ryan gosling he said or another ryan (laughs) right right (laughs) so (sighs) that was so shallow i mean i i think they were you know really trying to say how dumb some of this you know, he's gotten himself. This is why he was having such a crisis at his birthday. Right. How did he end up here? Yeah. Where he's places? playing this really stupid role that he like he has no self-respect doing yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Like play pretending he's going to breastfeed a baby, a baby from his pectoral muscles. <laughs> <laughs> right. Poor Kevin. Uh, then we go back to Kate and Kate has well first of all we see Kate throwing all that food in the trash and I mean come on it was donuts this was the stereotype thing again yeah yeah but it was but donuts now, and cakes and whipped cream into that when you do get on the diet bandwagon you are emptying anything like that out of your house. Now, she was a little over the top with what she was putting in the garbage. Yeah. But you're not throwing away the chicken breasts. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you you're not. You are throwing away the box of cookies and the leftover ice cream and all that stuff. And then she sees someone walking their dog and she asked for the blue bag of poop. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was smart so that you can't go dig it out. Right, right. She empties the dog poop on top of all of it to just mm-hmm. make sure this is final. This is thrown out. Yes, I'm not digging this back out of the trash. Yeah, yeah. That's and it. then she goes to a support group yes. for overweight people. I'm assuming it's like Overeaters Anonymous. It looks like it's set up like that, mm-hmm. this diet group. 
Um, <laughs> what did you think of the lady that was leading the diet group? She was funny because when she said, and I did it, and I just want to help inspire other skinny people to be skinny like me. And I was thinking, huh? Huh? I know. What? I know. And I've got to say, it's not that somebody who still has more weight to lose couldn't lead that group. Because the real gift is in her ability to facilitate the group. But referring to herself as saying skinny yes, like that's me, the part. Yes. where clearly she's not. And <laughs> she's I actually not there yet. I feel like I, for me personally, if I was in a group like this, I wouldn't want to be in a group with someone who hadn't had the struggle too. Right. You know, so right. seeing someone there that was struggling as much as I was would be more helpful to me. I would think. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. And, yeah. And I've talked about that before where. If you go into some kind of diet meeting and it's somebody that looks like they've been a size six their entire life, you're, you're like, what has she got to tell me about? And I'm not going to tell her about throwing my cake in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a little mistrust there. <laughs> Even though, you know, when you and then that's the other I guess, lesson about judging a book by its cover, because a lot of the people that look like that have had struggles and that's they've been true. able to overcome them. And that's where we could learn. Well, then they to... better have a before picture sitting next to them <laughs> so that I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it becomes hard to believe, but you're right. If you see somebody that's still in the process, but they're saying, look, I've got a handle on this. I figured it out. I've already lost this much weight. Mm-hmm. Then you are totally going to trust them and listen to what they have to say. I feel like they would understand more. It's kind of like going to a male OBGYN. For me, I'm like, I need you to understand what cramps are. I need you to right. understand what bloating is. I need you to, you know, I feel like a woman would understand me a little better than a man would in that situation. That's just me personally. So I, yeah, <laughs> that's just yeah. where I come from. Right. On it, but in yeah. this group, in this group, it doesn't look like anybody is really like handing out a diet plan and telling them how to lose weight. This is more like just an emotional support mm-hmm. open up group. Mm-hmm. And you hear all these. Um, they are stereotype statements, but it's stuff you're going to hear in any diet group. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying people are saying things like every time I go on a diet, he sabotages me. Mm. And another woman says, my husband caught me eating in the middle of the night out of the fridge again. And somebody else saying, you know, I'm trying. And then you hear the first woman's husband saying, I'm not sabotaging you, Marsha. (laughs) And then they go to this really thin girl saying, I know I don't have the same issues as everyone here, but you don't know what it's like to look like me and be carrying an extra seven pounds in your mid-session. And everybody just looks at her like, are you you crazy? You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) And then the one lady who was talking about, um, what was she? The late, the one, the, the, And then as they're telling all these stories, Kate is on one side of the room and there's this guy on the other side of the room who's kind of laughing at everyone's story. Yeah. And she kind of gets tickled, too. And then at some point, he laughs all the way out loud where he couldn't. That's the woman who was talking about mom never let us eat pizza. (laughs) 
So now and every Jack time I pass a pizza, not Jack, Toby. His name is Toby. Yes. He begins to lose it because she's like, every time I pass a pizza, now I have to eat the whole thing. I have to eat the whole thing. Yeah, oh, and he God. he says some kind of joke. I don't have it written down. He out said loud. he said, well, hey, if it makes you feel any better, I'm I, I weigh more than you do, so. <laughs> something but it like falls flat yeah and the, again the whole room is just kind of quiet but you see kate and she's like quietly cracking up cracking over up. this guy yeah so when they come to the break time the two of them meet up at the coffee table the table with all the coffee mm-hmm. and whatever else is there and, and toby introduces himself and he introduces himself by saying do you want to be fat friends <laughs> that was cute that was cute and she but what she says is sure but i'm gonna lose the weight and then he says he probably won't and she says i can't fall for a fat person right now and then this was really kind of sweet because then he says oh well then i guess i need to lose the weight then yeah i guess i'll lose the weight then like so so i could be with you yeah. So I won't be fat. That was kind of sweet. Wins her over. Mm-hmm. And so then we later see them on a date. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And their banter back and forth is really fun. It is. It is. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like Toby. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And, and he has that also that quick wit like she does. When the waiter comes and says, would you be interested in dessert? And she's right away saying no. And, and he's like, wait a minute. I'm interested. I'm always interested in dessert. <laughs> <laughs> dessert is my hobby. And he grabs the menu, looks at it for one second and hands it back and says, just bring us the check. <laughs> in other words, I'm not going to eat dessert, but I'm always interested. interested yes. In yes. Yeah. That was a great scene. But then he really kind of gives her the rush after he walks he her home. He does. I'm like, home. okay, Toby, tad aggressive. Really aggressive. I mean, right away he's saying, do you want to fool around? You're not going to invite me in for a nightcap? Some, anything? No, do you know what he said? Where is it? I wrote this He said down. a handy. <laughs> he said a handy. Let me in for a handy or a nightcap. <laughs> and <laughs> And they kind of went back and forth. And then as they were going in the door, he was saying, do you know how many calories are in a sausage? Which she, was also pretty off color. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, and that was the one you want to fool around after. Oh, that's after they were inside. Yeah. And they had been watching like videos on the computer or something yes, together. Yes. YouTube videos. Yeah. And when he says, do you want to fool around? She says no. And then she says. It's been a while since that was an option. Yes. She's like, this is hard. This is a lot. And this is hard to yeah. take. And she starts to kind of cry a little bit. Yeah. And he says, it's okay. It's okay. She's like, no, it's not. But then they look like they're getting, they're both moving in for the kiss. And Kevin and shows up. <laughs> there's Kevin stumbling in the room. Don't you answer your phone. I've been trying to call you. And Toby's like, whoa, hey, who is this? What's going on? Yeah. And then he, Toby's like, are you the Manny? <laughs> this scene I loved. And I don't know what, I think I loved it so much because, first of all, Toby is so excited that this is her brother and he's on the Manny. 
And yep. Kevin is so like downtrodden. Oh, and we didn't even get to that scene yet. Before we get to this, we need to probably talk yeah, about. You're right. We do. Because before he shows up in Kate's apartment, Kevin has a total meltdown on the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does that scene. And they bring in Alan Thicke. Which that just cracked me up because boy, is he like a 1970s actor? Yes. How <laughs> old is he now? He's got to be a good know. 70 years old. I don't know, but yeah, he goes back a ways, but he's kind of a big deal. Um, they bring him in to guest star on the Manny As for that dad. episode. Yeah. And um, they do a scene, they do a scene together where, God, Kevin really nails it. And it's like a really emotional, highly impacted scene. Yes. You know, where he throws Alan Thicke out of the apartment and um, beautiful acting so that it almost it leaves the audience a little speechless for a second before they break into applause for this scene. Yeah. Right. I really like that. Yeah. And he seemed and, to like be surprised by the reaction, but then also kind of proud. About it. Right. Because he's just done this whole scene that was like, this is what he wants. It was a well-acted, intense scene. But then the showrunner comes over and says, well, okay, now we'll do the take again. He's like, what? Why would you do a take again? And the showrunner says, well, we need it to be a little lighter, less serious. Take your shirt off. It always oh. works better with your shirt off. I was like, "Oh man." Yeah. In other words, we're not we're not going for this high drama. We need this to be We just want to alternate so that you we can, you know, decide which one we want to use. Right. He's right. like, "No, no, it's perfect." And that's when he kind of loses it. He's like, "Okay. No. No. Uh-uh." I did yeah. this great scene, and now you want me to go back to just being this dumb dude without a shirt trying to breastfeed a baby. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that's where he flips out. He totally flips out. He's got a doll on set, a prop doll for the baby, and he starts smashing the doll against things. Mm-hmm. And then tells the audience, don't freak out. It's just a doll. Everything about this is fake. It's just fake. And he quits his show. Quit. This hugely successful show, he just quits. Yep. He's had enough. He's had enough. Yes. And apparently he goes straight to his sister's apartment because he's just had this total meltdown. With the, with some beer or alcohol or something. Oh, yeah. I think he <laughs> has beer and wine and he's yeah. already pretty drunk yeah. because he had just quit the Manny. So... While they're there, you see Kate and Toby and Kevin are all sitting together watching Extra or something, showing the story about yeah. the meltdown on the set. And um, but we'll come back to that, though, because that kind of wraps things up at the end. Um, we go back to the hospital and the doctor has delivered the first baby of the triplets. It's a boy. Oh, but wait, we got to get to Randall taking William home. that's after that's after oh okay yeah oh yeah you're right i'm sorry yeah we because it's just it's a really brief scene where they're showing that the the first baby's born but then um she starts to go downhill 
And the doctor says she's in distress, meaning physical distress, like they're looking at her vital signs on the monitor Mm -hmm. and her vital signs are not doing well at all. So they're going to have to take her in for C-section for the other two babies. Mm -hmm. And I think the other two babies are part of what he was, the doctor was talking about at the beginning with there being complications in the pregnancy and the positioning of the babies. Yeah. So, um, and Jack is clearly upset about this he's like in shock yeah yeah it's like wait a minute wait a minute what's going on what's going on Um, and then after that brief scene at the hospital we go back to randall introducing his biological dad to his family he's got him back home yes and the wife is like what the hell yeah he like sprang this on her (laughs) didn't even obviously didn't even call her from the car (laughs) right right no text nothing he just shows up with that Mm-hmm. And he introduces him to his daughters and says, this is your William. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he realizes he was about to say your grandfather. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be a lot of splaining to do. Yes. <laughs> right. A lot of splaining. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of cute because the girls are just like, oh, hey, hi, whatever. You got a hole in your pants. And he kind of jokes with them. It's like he's really um, good with the kids. Yeah. And the wife is like, I don't want this random man talking to my kids. (laughs) True. That's how she looked at first. Isn't this where, well, first of all, Randall starts to really flip out again. Like he's, she pulls him to one side saying, what's going on? And he's kind of flipping out and, and laughing hysterically, like that, that kind of panicked laughter. Yes. <laughs> about the situation. Like, yeah, I went to um, tell him off and now I've brought him home. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. This is so weird. And he just, yes, you're right. You start, and she looks at him and says, you are cracking up. She looks really yeah. concerned. <laughs> Yeah. And the girl's like, Dad, what's going on? Because apparently he doesn't just crack up hysterically like that. Right, right. And is this the scene now where he does find out that his dad is sick? Yes. In a later, so they kind of flip back and forth. And then he sees, um, we see William looking at a picture of the family. He's like, oh, this is your, this is your parents. And he said, yeah, they yeah. raised me because he had to go put the girls to bed. And so uh, William was alone in the living room and apparently looking at all the pictures and he's like, he got a good family. They took care of me and they're the best. And then William, I like this too. He says, well, it looks like you were really, you know, raised by a great family. And Randall, I think is trying to get him. He's like, well, I think I need to go. It's time for me to go. And Randall's trying to get him to stay. Yeah. And he's like, look, maybe we can, you know, get together. He's like, no, I don't think so. Cause I'm dying. And he just comes out with it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're sick? He's like, no, 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 sick's over. I've been sick for a while, but now I'm on the dying part. The end, thankfully. And you can see Randall is just like, what are you talking about? My mind is blown. I just found him. And now he's dying. Right, right. There were two things Really, I noted down for this scene, when they were looking at the picture of his parents, Randall says, yeah, a fireman found me and took me to the hospital. Yes, yes, you're right, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, and then these people became my parents. When he learns his dad is dying and only has apparently months left, not much time. And the last thing his dad says to him is, your dad must have been very proud of you. Which on the first watch through, I thought, wow, what a thing to hear from your biological father. Because that's mm-hmm. something every man wants to hear is mm-hmm. that their dad is proud. Mm-hmm. I think, I think. But when I watched it the second time through, it hit me that his dad was saying this in past tense. Mm. Your dad must have been very proud of you. Hmm. Like, where's his dad now? <laughs> yeah, and see, and I didn't catch that, but now... You know, after watching later, it kind of yeah. makes you go, But, huh. yeah, it really kind of sets me up to start questioning that. Like, okay, so. How do you know this? Yeah, where Randall's adopted dad maybe isn't around now. Who knows? Or maybe, yeah, it was just, it really caught my attention. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, that he yeah. said it that way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think he gets him to stay. Yeah. He does. He does. He gets him to stay. The wife is bringing out blankets and uh, uh, sheets and stuff, and um, they let him stay overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go back to the hospital because now you see Jack is sitting outside in a waiting room or something. Yes. And he is really distraught by this time. And the doctor comes out to... Let Jack know that Rebecca's vitals are good, but they lost one of the babies. Oh. Okay, they have a healthy girl, they have a boy, but the third boy, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck and he was stillborn. Mm-hmm. So really there was nothing the doctor could have done to save that baby. He was mm-hmm. probably already um, gone before she went into labor mm-hmm. with the umbilical cord around his neck. Um, and Jack is like not even processing the information. He's like that was a good scene. That was yeah. a really good, well done. Because the, the, the he said, "Wait, wait, I'm not processing this." My wife, and he tells him again that she's okay, and he kind of patiently like goes through everything with Jack again. Yes, you know, you have two healthy babies. The third baby was stillborn, mm-hmm. um, and that's when he starts to share with Jack. His own story, because this doctor apparently lost his firstborn child, too. Yes. And which, he... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, which made him kind of go into the field of delivering babies, he said. Yeah, yeah. It was like that whole experience of losing his baby is what set him on the path to become an OB. Yeah. And to save the lives of countless other babies. And he tells Jack, I think maybe one day you'll be an old man like me, talking to a a younger man's ear off, explaining to him how you took the sourest lemon that life had to offer and turned it into something resembling lemonade. Mm -hmm. I know. And says, when you leave today, you will be leaving with a healthy wife. And you'll be leaving with three babies. Right. And yeah. And I think the the intention of that was to say that third baby is going to leave in your heart. Yes. Maybe to to inspire and spawn how you 
handle life from here on out, but mm-hmm. you'll always think about that baby. That's how I took it too. Yeah, because the doctor said, I still today think about that my baby. baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though he had like eight more children or something. <laughs> something, whatever yeah. the doctor said, however many children Five and grandchildren he has yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That was a really well done scene, I thought. It was really well done. Yeah. And now we really start like jumping back and forth pretty quickly between the stories here. Because we go back and we see um, the the three of them sitting there at Kate's watching extra drinking wine. Yes. Um, you know, she covers up her brother. Toby kisses her, says, well, we got that out of the way, their first kiss. And wait, then did you see he took her hand and led her somewhere? So I'm assuming they went to the bedroom. I think they might have. Mm-hmm. I think they might bow, have. Chicka, bow, bow. <laughs> we get back to the nursery now where the babies are. Because yes. the last thing the doctor tells Jack is go see your babies. They're yes. excited to meet their dad. Yes. So you see Jack standing in front of that nursery window that's all glass, looking in at his babies. And there's a guy that comes up next to him. And, you know, he says, oh, is, you know, one of these your baby? And he said, well, no, actually, I'm a fireman. But I found a baby outside the door of the fire station and brought him here. And points in at this little black baby yes. there next to Jack's two babies. And that's when you go, oh, what? Yeah, you see these three babies. And so he's the fireman that brought in this baby. And the way they did this was awesome because the, you know, Jack's two babies are there and then the third baby and then the camera pans out and you see the hallway they're in and the fireman offers him a cigarette, which, you know, you can't smoke now in hospital. And then everyone's got on 70s clothing and on the TV they're showing it's like um, old news. Old news about the <laughs> Iran Contra affair and Qaddafi, you know, all this stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh, we're in and the 70s. To, yeah. I had to tell you, I caught it right away because there's a woman in that scene in the, in the waiting room there. She has on a poncho that, honey, I owned <laughs> in the late 70s. I had that oh, beige gosh. poncho with all the little embroidered flowers on it. So. <laughs> So you knew it was the 70s. And we also, at that time, we start flipping back and forth because Kate is talking to Kevin at the same time that we are seeing all this going back and forth. And you see a photo on the table next to them that's like the siblings. Yes, all three, Randall, Kate, and Kevin. Randall, Kate, and she's saying, well, Jack, I know this is a real bummer, but remember what dad always used to say. And she then says, you the take same. the sourest lemon that life has to offer and turn it into something resembling lemonade. Yes. And they immediately now cut back to Jack and and his wife, Rebecca. Yep. And they're at home with the three bassinets. And there are their two babies, two white babies and the black baby. Yep. For their children, they brought home the abandoned boy oh. who was clearly meant to be their son, their 
Yeah, they're number three. Yeah. Because they were coming home with three healthy babies, come yeah. hell or high water, according to Jack. Yeah. And they all have on those awful onesies. <laughs> yes, those knitted onesies. Which I had never seen the knitted ones before. So I was like, oh, they yeah. were so cute, the babies. They were, were in, so cute. in Steelers football colors. <laughs> yeah. And what did they say on them? The big three? The big three, yep. The big three, and all three of them in the big three onesies. And that's where you just turn into this giant goosebump because yes. you now realize all of a sudden all these different storylines that they were jumping back and forth through are connected. They're all connected. Which we knew they were supposed to be, but you just didn't get the connection. And then to yeah. see that they... Jack and Rebecca are the parents, and they adopted Randall. Right. And, so yeah. Kate, Kevin, and Randall were raised together. They're, they're siblings. It kind of brings this whole thing, like, full circle. Yes. And it also, like, clears up the time confusion, because you do realize all of a sudden you've been flashing on the past. Yes. Every time you saw How Jack and born. Rebecca mm-hmm. yep. and the doctor. And I remember the first the first watch through on this premiere that I was a little time confused at certain points, you know, and I kept like pushing it out of my head because I'm real good at doing suspended belief when I'm watching TV. <laughs> but, you know, there were things that weren't jiving time wise. Like, am I watching... 20 years ago, am I watching now? Am I, you know, I was just really kind of struggling with the whole time thing because I was, I kept getting clearly in my mind, I wasn't formulating, oh, wait, I'm looking at these people in the 1970s and all mm-hmm. these people are current. But there was something that wasn't jiving with like even the film quality of jumping between these scenes. And see, I did not catch that at all. At all. I was watching it thinking we were all in current times. I didn't notice the fact that all of that hospital equipment was old looking equipment mm-hmm. and that people were wearing plaid pants. And, you know, I did not notice any of that. I didn't even notice the box with this. I mean, I must have noticed the box with a 75 to 70, whatever, but it yeah, just didn't occur yeah. to me that that could have been back in the seven. You know, I just didn't catch yeah. that. I think what was really throwing me off so much was Jack and Jack's appearance. Was like not jiving with the rest of the show huh? because of his scruffiness and long hair and the kind of clothes he was wearing. See, and that didn't, because there's people, I mean, the scruff is back. People are scruff, uh, you know, beards. (laughs) People are scruffy. Yeah. Yeah. The beards and jean jacket, you know, all that stuff is here. Yeah. In present time. So that, I didn't even notice that part. Yeah. It just blew my mind. It just blew my mind when I finally realized, oh, it did. oh it my did. gosh, how did I not know? This is I clever, mean, so good. staged that revelation moment so well. Yes, they did. It was like mind blown. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. And that's when I was like, okay, this is my show now. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I was like all in. That was like one of the best premiere episodes of anything I've ever watched, Sister it, K. Yes. So I true. have to confess, even The Walking Dead. Which, to oh. to our listeners, I'll tell you, I only started watching The Walking Dead because of Sister Speak podcast. Aww. <laughs> because I started listening to you guys on another show. 
And I yes. loved your podcast so much. And I knew that you and Sister Jay podcasted on The Walking Dead. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to season one and start watching this show so I can catch up and I can listen to their podcast. Well, I've got to tell you, the premiere of The Walking Dead, it's it was probably so two weeks before I could go, watch, go back and watch another episode. It had me so freaked out. And then it took me a couple more episodes before I really got into it. And I was the same way with Game of Thrones. It took me about three episodes to start getting into, into it. Game of Thrones. But yeah. this premiere for this show sucked me in from the get-go. From First the of get-go. all, I fell in love with everybody. Yes. I mean, yeah, didn't you? Yes, I did. I really yeah. wanted to know more about every single character, even the side characters like William and the doctor. Like, I would like to have a whole episode on the doctor because he's so yeah. interesting. And I just wanted to I wanted to see more, which was what I think they want out of a, a pilot or premiere. Exactly. You give them enough yeah. to get interested and then they're staying with you. And I think they did a great job at doing that. They did. They did. I mean, first of all, Jack and Rebecca, I was in love with from the get go. Yes. As a couple. I mean, that opening scene with them was so cute. Very cute. Uh, that just sucked me right in. And Randall's family with his two girls yes. and that scene at the soccer field with them. I really loved that. So, yeah, these characters like started drawing me in right away, even though I was still a little hesitant about Kate's character being stereotyped mm-hmm. at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I haven't heard much of anyone else addressing that. I think a lot of people, you know, you love Kate's character because she she is humorous and she is like so honest and upfront about things. But. Still, I was really skeptical, <laughs> skeptical about the Kate character. Yes. And I think um, that is going to I think we're going to keep being skeptical because yeah. it's something that, you know, we've experienced. And so we'll probably that'll color our perception of how it's done. I think so. On the show. But that's OK, because it's good to see differing views and um See how they handle it. I'm very interested in how they handle it going forward. Yeah, me too. And her relationship with Toby. Yes. Because isn't Toby like almost too good to be real? I'm Uh, like, who gets that? Who goes to their fat support group (laughs) and then meet meet this really great guy? I think, honestly, if he's like... Like, uh, well, I don't want to get into future episodes, but yeah, I think it'll wear <laughs> a bit. Yeah. The, yeah. His character will wear if that's all we see is the funny. Um, I don't know. I think it'll wear thin. So I'm hoping that they give him a little more depth, which I think they will. You're uh, right. But right I, his character was pretty surface. Yes. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how they um, build him into more of a real person. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Because, yeah, when they connected right away at that meeting, I was like, oh, come on. Even chubby guys that I've encountered in my dating life, which was decades ago, so I probably shouldn't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> 
these guys would be chubby, but they were like, oh, no, I only like skinny girls with big boobs. And you're like, oh, leave me alone, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> because most men don't see themselves as big. in the same light that we do. Right. You know, right. unless they have an extreme weight problem. So Toby must, although he doesn't. Yeah, I guess he looks he's, that he's, big. He's big. Yeah, he's big as well. Yeah. But. I, I do like him. I, I, the one scene that I just loved was when Kevin did come out and surprise them at the, you know, at her house. Mm-hmm. And when he finds out he's with a Manny and t- pulls out his camera to take a picture and in <laughs> mid conversation where Kevin's trying to explain, mm-hmm. haven't you seen the TV? I've quit. I have just totally lost it. Yeah. He stops to take that selfie with Toby. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because it's just like he's so used to mid-conversation. Cheese. Okay, now I get back to my conversation. I don't know. I just thought that was a really good. Yeah. And Kate is like, what is going on? I, what, I don't understand. What is happening here? <laughs> I know. But wouldn't that happen? It would. I mean, it would. It totally it would. Fred, like the a famous character from a TV show as your brother and he suddenly shows up at your house and you've got a new friend there. That new friend is going to be like freaking out. I got, nobody's going to believe this. I have to get a selfie. And the thing (laughs) I like about the show is the little subtle things that you don't think of, because then after he took that selfie and Kate's like, what is going on? He turns to to Kevin and says, Hey, can we get another one with your shirt off? Which kind of brings all of that back. Like, but the thing that is so awesome about the show is that in the next, like, they cut away. I don't remember if it was a, to a commercial or another scene. And we find them back watching the video, three of them on the couch drinking wine and watching the video of the extra spot. Yeah, he has yeah. his shirt off. So obviously <laughs> he's taking his shirt off to take that selfie, even though he's just got done quitting a job for only wanting him to have his shirt off. Oh, I mean, okay, that's hilarious. Those, I totally missed that. Yeah. So those little things like that, I was just like, yes, whoever is writing this and putting the show together is really thinking and not, you know, thinking that the audience is stupid. They're really putting these little things in there that are really yeah. clever and allowing us to discover it. And just, I don't know. I just really, really love that. that just touch. touching in all those little pieces connections yes. yeah yeah yes. I really loved it and when they were on the couch drinking together and Kevin questioned like come on you got to have wine with me and you know how many calories could it be and Kate and Toby immediately both say 150, 150. calories <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm I'm here going they've already got diet brain oh my god yes <laughs> yes he's like you could handle a diet brain extra calories from your brother I know I know and um, yeah, that made me laugh because I talk about diet brain where you have dieted so much in your life that you can't even take a bite of brownie that you haven't already calculated the calories mm-hmm. between the second your hand picks it up and goes to your mouth. It's like your brain is already going, that's 237 calories. Yes. <laughs> so they were tuned into that. They were. They really so, were. This has been Awesome. I can't wait to move forward into the episodes and get this all out there for everybody. Um, If you're listening to this, I know you're listening after the fact, unless you're binge watching after the fact, which is entirely possible that you've only just listened to the premiere episode. Go ahead and send me some feedback. I would love it. I would maybe recap it on a later episode of the show. 
feedback is going to be sent to Joanne at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com because I don't have a specific email address yet for this show. This is so new for me doing this. So again, you can email Joanne, and that's J-O-A-N-N, no E, at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. And send, send a little feedback my way. I would love to hear from anybody else watching this show what they thought about the premiere, what they caught. Yes, so good. It's so good. So this has been a blast. I am so honored, Sister Kay, that you would join me for this of course. first episode of the This Is Us a recap show. Thank you for having me. Go ahead and let people know where they will find the Sister Speak Network. Oh, you can go to sisterspeakproductions.com. You, well, you'll see us all over iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and you can catch all of our shows and what we're doing next at the website, sisterspeakproductions.com. Perfect. And I highly recommend you go give a listen to some of their TV podcasts because the sisters just lay it out there for you. <laughs> I love it. I do. And again, you can find me, you can find my website, which is not really including this podcast yet. My website is joannethelifecoach.com. And on that website, I do have podcasts. I have my Weight Coach podcast, and I have Widow Cast podcast, where I coach widows. Awesome, um, awesome. So podcast. I have previous to this been a solo podcaster as a life coach. I have guest hosted a couple times on Sister K's podcast, and I loved podcasting TV shows. So that's why this one just sucked me right in, and I said, I'm going to do it. And Joanne is a natural. Her podcasts are fantastic. Everyone should be listening. And the fact, I have to give you props, because the fact that you are doing a solo podcast is just amazing. Blows my mind, because I've never done a solo podcast. So you have my utmost respect for that. And they're awesome shows. Awesome, awesome podcasts. Thank you, Sister Kay. I love it. I love it, because I love just being able to share everything I've learned with other people. Um, and get that stuff out there. I have a real different take on weight coaching. Um, I'm not telling you to count calories. I promise. <laughs> or to throw your birthday cake in the garbage can. Sold. 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 <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun. Until next week. Keep it going, people. 